0: This is the Teachable Soul Podcast. Because we cannot possibly live long enough to make all the mistakes ourselves, let's take a few moments to learn from the mistakes of others. The Teachable Soul Podcast, where guests and listeners like you share stories of failure and teachable moments on the journey to success. Here's your host, Kat Daniels. Welcome to the Teachable Soul podcast. I'm your host, Kat Daniels, and today we're going to be speaking to James Bergeron on the psychology behind successes and failures. James Bergeron is a leading performance coach who inspires and educates on developing a mindset and culture of high performance in individuals, teams, and organizations. With over three decades of experience in the arena of high performance, he shares his experiences of failure and performing under pressure and what it takes to lead and perform at a higher level. Welcome, John or James. That's right.
1: I can't. I don't mind. You can call me John, James. I don't mind. I'll answer to almost anything.
0: Okay. <laughs> All right. So why don't you um, start by just telling us a little bit about um, how you got started in this arena in the first place? Sure.
1: Uh, like a lot of things, the, that happen, we we don't always plan situations or when situations come about, they're going to be different than we actually plan. Mm -hmm. So I was involved in, I used to work in shipping and oil and spent 30 years in that environment, negotiating oil uh, transportation contracts Mm -hmm. for some of the largest companies and most successful oil trading companies, oil companies around the world. And as you can imagine, it was pretty... Pretty intense, high pressure, expectations to uh, perform, succeed and everything. So as a young guy, that that was all exciting. You know, in your 20s, you're going through doing the things that you envisage as a a kid growing up, things that are exciting and being part of a team and, you know, inverted commas, making money, which was always a, a big aim. But as you go through life, you Mm -hmm. start to experience things. And to be honest with you, if we're not equipped, uh, you know, with how to deal with them, uh, we can often struggle. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we're we're not taught how to deal with certain situations. The problem is, as youngsters, we we think we're invincible, that we can do everything. And when we do come up against certain situations and challenges, um, we either learn or it will break us and too often people get broken and I saw it in my old industry and so eventually it got to a point where I got out I had a rather acrimonious departure from that uh, industry Um, but it was something I, I think that deep down inside I was looking to to get out of and it was just what transpired it's amazing what you ask for and what happens. It doesn't necessarily, as I said, happen the way you think it's gonna happen. So I got out and my my health struggled after that amount of time. I thought I was fairly healthy, but um, in hindsight, I wasn't, you know, I I wasn't grossly overweight, but I was was heavier than I wanted to be. I wasn't eating all of the right things that I should have done. And, And we get put into a situation that it. we we think we're doing all the right things and we're doing very few of them. And, Mm. you know, you come out after that sort of amount of time. I'm sure you see it over in the States as well as over here. Business executives think they're doing all the right things, making money to succeed and look after family. When in reality, we often are doing a lot of the, the, the things that we don't want to do because we're doing them for the wrong reasons or sorry, for the right reasons, but we end up doing them, you know, not really doing what we want to do. So Mm -hmm. our health suffers, our mental health suffers. You know, we just start chasing the things. And the reality was when I got out of it, I was going through a situation that I thought I was going to end up nuts, to be honest with you, because whatever I tried to do, it just wasn't working. Mm -hmm. And my... My mother suffered with mental illness uh, since I was a young kid. Mm -hmm. And that, in the back of my mind, when I started having some real challenges, when I got back to the UK uh, in 2010, that not being able to get back into my old line of work and struggle to actually do what I thought I wanted to do and realize hang on a second the the economy wasn't the way we wanted it to be my line of work wasn't uh, what I wanted it to be I couldn't get back into it you start doubting yourself and so you you go through this situation of you know low self-esteem you start the mind starts working against you and then as I said with the stuff that's I've gone through with my mother seeing my mother struggle with her, her mental health you start really finding out what's between your ears and you can either have your mind as your best friend or your worst enemy and I as I say I thought I was going nuts and I was going to end up like my mother and that was that was probably the biggest challenge to be honest with you is that um, to to not end up uh, just letting everything fall apart as it were so with that it was just a, a determination that I thought well hang on a second I can't be the only person that's Gone through this bunch of you know sorry for using the word but crap to be honest right. with you, you know <laughs> yeah. the, 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 and it was just this realization is that um, and it it wasn't a try and beat yourself up because that's what happens so often from young kids we're told to grow up and man up and everything else mm. and that puts the added pressure on that hang on a second if you haven't been taught something well then you can't do anything about it yet unless you go and find out from somebody else so that's what I had to do was for think other people have gone through this or how they, how did they do it and so that led me on a uh, like a cliche the journey just to discover well I've got to find a way to stop myself from really uh, losing my marbles to be honest mm-hmm. and the more I dug into it the more I started learning and the more I learned the more that I wanted to know and realize that we can do whatever we like Mm-hmm. we just have to uh, find a way to do it and realize that uh, our minds control everything
0: and so
1: what mm-hmm. stops us is all the preconditioning you know as we go through our formative years uh, about the things that we've taken on from our parents mm-hmm. uh, teachers um, our religious leaders uh, mentors that uh, and, and other kids at school you know the mm-hmm. uh, kids can Kids can be horrible. And the thing is, as soon as we start accepting all that stuff, we don't realize it at the time, but it can manifest and show itself many years later that, mm-hmm. uh, in our lives. And we suddenly realize, holy smokes, that, that's why I'm doing this. And so that that's where, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, that's where it's led me to actually just keep digging and digging and digging. And go through and realize it's not a destination. We just have to keep enjoying the journey rather than thinking that, uh, you know, I, 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 reached success when I was 30 or 40 or 50. You mm-hmm. Never really do as it were. Right.
0: Yeah, that's true. It's just life and life happens. Yeah. So just, I, I'm, I'm noticing a pattern. It seems like in everybody that I'm talking to that everybody does kind of go through this. So I'm, I'm a little bit curious. What age were you when you, um, went through that whole scenario
1: you mean when the uh, the yogurt hit fan
0: yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I suppose well it's two thousand and ten i mean two thousand and eight I've, I've moved to the states uh, with part of it, the business the company I was working for, and mm. that's when the global meltdown really hit two thousand and eight two thousand and nine and then uh, I was made redundant I lost my job uh, you know that the company had this idea to uh, expand over in the US where we had a uh, our parent company so I went over there to oversee that but they decided to change it and when they did that I had my family only recently moved out uh, after you know emigrating across from the continent mm. and been to move the, 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 the family back and then come back to the UK and struggle to get uh, back into that line of work. That's when it really started, 2010. And it was, mm-hmm. you know, it, it seemed to just transpire to get worse from there for a couple of years before, well, two or three three years really, um, before it started me starting to see how I can actually change things, which was down to me and nobody else. So that's mm-hmm. the years it took.
0: And how old were you?
1: At the time, I was 45.
0: Mm. Okay. Yeah.
1: So again, that was a mental side, which, you know, we we have these beliefs as we grow up is that you're over the hill at 40. And, uh, you know, you start losing your jobs at 45 or anything like that. What are you going to do? You can do whatever you like. That's my belief now. Right. But at the time, because we're, you know, conditioned, oh, you're over the hill, and if you lose your job and everything else, that what are you going to do? You can't retrain and all this mm-hmm. sort of stuff, which which brings up the fear factor, you know. Right. And the added thing on top of that is you've got, you know, spouses, uh, husbands, wives that are going to be in the background that have been this, go through the same conditioning and everything, so they're on your case, going, well, what are you going to do? We've got to pay right. bills. You've got to do this. And it just adds to the pressure.
0: Right. That it does. Absolutely. And especially, you know, if you have kids, you feel a pressure or you put pressure on yourself as well, really, um, you know, to do things differently for them or better for them or everything for them, you know, type deal. And um, I just, I can't stress enough how, how much the the thought, that we have in our heads of, of how things are supposed to be is is really what, you know, gets us, I think, in the end.
1: <laughs> yeah, everything uh, to me these days, uh, now I understand an awful lot more. And we never know everything. We, we mm-hmm. never can because, you know, the, the human mind, we are the most complex organism that there is on this planet, right. and, and especially the, the, the brain and the mind. So it's just a case of, continuously uh, continually learning Mm -hmm. about how it was just at the time it comes down to the awareness that hang on a second how do I find a way what do I do self-awareness and you talk about the kids yeah there's a there's a pressure on because you want to make sure that the kids are okay and that was the important thing that I really learned is that because of the conditioning that hmm I'd gone through I tried to protect my kids from having that so when all the stuff was going south that I didn't want my kids to really see the reasons behind it
0: mm, of course yeah
1: just to because then you're all you're yeah. going to do is repeat the same thing mm-hmm. and I, I'm not a believer of wrapping them in cotton wool. Far from it. The point is because if they don't have challenges, they won't learn. Right. What I was trying to do, or uh, well, my aim was to stop them from going through and taking on the negativity that I had when you lose a job. So what you lose a job now, you mm-hmm. know, is fine. Go and get another one or start your own business. Always be proactive rather than you know this bullshit about. Uh, you're in your forties. You can't do this. You can't do that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And th- that's the biggest thing is that I haven't wanted them to take on these limiting, uh, you know, thoughts and negativity around what they can and can't do. The possibilities,
0: right? Oh yeah, absolutely. I um, yeah, I am a huge proponent of you can you can pretty much start over your life at any point that you desire to start over your life. Um,
1: you can, you can do whatever. I was talking to. Uh, uh, an old Italian friend today, uh, a dear friend that has been in a difficult position, and Mm -hmm. I won't go into all his details, but I was talking to him today, and he was telling me about, he's moving back to his town in uh, Italy, and one of the guys that he used to work with in this company, um, he's 86 years of age, and he still goes to the office three or four days a week at 86 years of age. Mm Mm-hmm and you know because most people turn around and say well you can't you're too old you can't do that you haven't got your faculties right if you believe your faculties aren't going to work if you're too old then guess what's going to happen
0: exactly they're not going to (laughs) work exactly yeah yeah i uh yeah i agree i and and going back to what you're saying about you know conditioning is you know when i was when i was growing up uh, I had a vision in my head that as soon as I graduated high school, I was going to go to college, and I was going to spend four to six years in college and be in a dorm, and then I was going to go and you know live my life from that point forward, basically, and start you know a job. Um, but that's not um, how my life wound up, really. I had a kid um, at 18, and then um, on my 18th birthday, actually, and then I, I really, you know, I didn't get to go back to school completely until I was uh 27 and then I just completed my degree a year ago almost today Mm -hmm. yeah
1: (laughs) I've got a a daughter at college so uh, I understand how important that is
0: yeah oh yeah it is yeah I and I and I loved you know I love the experience like my my degree is is I mean my whole the whole thing is non-traditional anyways but um you know I spent three years going to college basically, which I was able to cut um, a year off by doing, you know, different things. But so I was able to graduate early even, but um, I mean, I still, I still participated in like my honor society at 27 and um, I wound up being president and, and still getting to even go to like their international, they had an international summit um, that they held because they're an international organization, technically, um, which I loved and appreciated all of that. And it, it gave me, and actually during that is where um, I found that I'm actually pretty comfortable speaking publicly. Um, and that's usually a huge um, scare factor for most people, but I actually love it. And I think it's fun. Oh,
1: yeah, it is. It's a big one.
0: Right. Yeah. So, um, you
1: know, just a funny story on that one, just quick. Yeah. You're absolutely right. It is. I couldn't even speak at my own wedding. <laughs> yeah my my wife got up and did the groom speech she oh fantastic. she was fantastic you can you can imagine how embarrassed I was
0: oh <laughs> <laughs> well that's great that she was able to to pull through that's I can't tell you how many times um you know my husband and I I say all the time to him that that we complete each other because anything that I can do he physically cannot bring himself to do and anything that he can do I can't do like I can't I'm not I'm not a math person. He's a very book, smart, intelligent, um, person and very analytical and I'm not good
1: because then you dovetail as we call it.
0: Exactly. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) So it works because you know, we just, we complete each other. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So, um, so after you went through this, this big huge life changing time in your life, um, you yeah. couldn't get back into, you know, your 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 old old ways, as it were, um, or your your old job as well. Um, you started. How did you start coaching? How did you get into that? Well, as I said,
1: I think we get we have a. What I mentioned earlier about when we say we want something, it doesn't always appear the way we say it or the way we want it to. And for example, that deep down inside, I was, you know, thinking that I'd had enough of being in the business for 30 years. And so my idea of coming out was, you know, having made lots of money in this, it was all going to be very nice. I'd go and play golf and all the rest of the stuff, but it didn't transpire that way. So it was stopping me from going back in, which was great because it, you know, I wanted to be healthy and I wanted to you know, spend time with my kids and stuff. And so it was a, a way of, giving you what you wanted you wanted to be healthy and everything else okay well you can't be healthy back in your old job so whether you call it the universe god or whatever you believe in um that's what i was given and so when i looked at going through as i said it took me three years three years of um i'll be honest pain that it it was difficult to describe it was just such a a a loathing time self-loathing that you know, when you come from a situation of being a successful mm. person, in, inverted commas, you know, having the high profile job, traveling, yeah. you know, dealing with people in a high energy environment to suddenly having nothing right. and your friends suddenly disappear where your so-called friends disappear and really you're on your own. It, everything then gets exacerbated because you don't have the finances to go and do the things you were doing and every And it's just like, uh-oh. So you feel like everything's going out of control. Mm-hmm. And so I just, as I said, I had to find a way if somebody else is doing this, has got through this, how do I do it? And so when I was going through it, I just thought, you know what? Something inside of me just said, I got, I just want to be able to help other people get through this crap. Right. Because it's just, I don't know, you play on You play on a football team, you play on a soccer team. You know, if you're a team player, you want to help the team, you want to help other people. That's, that I believe is something that is deep inside us as humans. I think most people that, or anybody that, Uh, doesn't feel that way is because they're acting out of fear rather than love Mm -hmm. and when you go through these experiences it's basically there to test you to make you peel the layers away to find out what's really deep inside and when you're going through and you think wow hang on a second you don't have the friends you don't have all these things and when you realize that hang on a second that you can actually learn from other people that have experiences and how you can improve you want to be able to or I'm not saying everybody does but I certainly wanted to help other people you know face these sorts of challenges because as a kid I certainly faced a lot of challenges but it was just one of those situations you just go through and think well it's normal everybody has crap to deal with and you know deal with really really bad things Right. when you see like my mother uh, the mental state she was in so it's normality but when you come through and you realize that's not what we should be living and you see that people are really struggling when they don't have to be then I really wanted to just help some people understand that there is a way through you know and I'm not talking about people that have mental illness if they do by all means go and see a professional Mm-hmm. But I'm talking about coaching for when we have these limiting beliefs about that we can't achieve what we want to. We struggle in business, you know, that we've been told we're not good enough by whoever. It was just a way that I see people struggle and how it affects their health. I just wanted to help other people get through it.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. I used to, you know, when I was younger, um, of course, so my, um, My mother probably has some undiagnosed mental issues, but I think a lot of it is due to um, her just trauma that, I mean, she's experienced some really great traumas, honestly. And um, so growing up, so my parents divorced um, when I was very young, but they fought really, really bad, um, even divorced over me the whole time, my whole life, basically, until I was like 14. Um, but you know, whenever, whenever things, you know, like that would happen or, or when things would get bad or anything bad would happen, I would always, you know, tell myself, well, it can be worse. Um, you know, and it always can be, but, um, that doesn't mean that you're not going through something that is hard,
1: (laughs) you know? Oh, totally. And it doesn't mean that you're not affected by it. We think we're not, not but as I alluded to a few minutes ago, somewhere along the line, it may well appear and manifest itself in a way that we're not expecting. And Mm -hmm. that's what happened with me is that, you know, I just, I'm just grateful that I didn't end up exactly the same as my mother. And it may sound arrogant, but I was just determined, um, that it wasn't going to happen because I'd seen what happened to my mother and I could actually spot certain things. And so, plus my mother, she, she had, um, they 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 would diagnose I suppose these days as bipolar, but um, mm. i I was just determined I wasn't going to uh, go down that route
0: right well and and I think I mean, in general, um being proactive about um your mental health, you know can be a very great determining factor in your success uh, success or failure rate. Um, you know, with any mental illness, whether that be depression or anything. I mean, as long as you're trying to be self-aware and and paying attention to yourself, I think that that's, you know.
1: You're you're spot on, Kat. Self-awareness is the biggest thing. Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm.
1: Uh, And the the, the big thing about all of this is that um, if we spend more time actually going through and working on self-awareness, we can become able to recognize when things aren't the way we want them to be, then we have the choice. But if we, you know, just keep going through like, Oh, well, that's, that always happens. We're human. That, Well, no, that's because we've accepted certain situations to be normal, but we don't have to. And mm-hmm. things are very much different now. For example, you hosting this, which is fantastic because it brings awareness and more people can actually understand and think, oh, well, yeah, yeah, that, that, sound, I, that sounds like what I know. And they can choose to go and find out more about something or reach out to somebody. And mm-hmm. that's the important thing. When I was a kid, as I said, everything, it was normal in our household, but it wasn't normal because we didn't want to talk, uh, talk about it at the outside world because, you know, it was something that uh, there's, there's a stigma and there still is a stigma attached to mental illness. Oh, Absolutely. But you know, it's crazy, you, you you end up having a car car wreck, which God forbid, and you end up, say, breaking your arm or mm-hmm. breaking your wrist. Oh, you pop off down to the hospital, yeah, no problem. Okay, go over there, we'll take care of it. And you know, two hours later or whatever, they send you off with a plaster on your arm. Do mm-hmm. you deal with something like these fears, doubts, struggles, pressure anxiety under this whole umbrella and people look at oh he, he's he's loopy he's nuts and you know is that sort of a situation which hasn't helped over the years and all we need to do is just address the situation if you need professional help go and have it if you don't then what is it what's causing the stress what's causing the anxiety mm-hmm. is it you know your self-image because so, most of it is is down to our self-worth and um, as Maxwell Mort's self, Maxwell Mort said, sorry, our self-image, how we perceive ourselves, mm-hmm. which is a huge thing these days with social media and these young kids coming out, taking, and you know I'm not going off on a tangent because it is all relevant. All right. these kids taking selfies all the time. Mm-hmm. Why? They want to be accepted. How many Facebook likes have they got? Oh, I've got 3,000 on that. Or mm-hmm. somebody else only got 2,000. So guess what? their, their self-worth. Right. Self-esteem gets knocked. Oh, I've got to get more. And they get hooked on this acceptance situation, which Mm -hmm. is just causing more uh, anxiety and uh, mental, you know, stress.
0: Right. Yeah. That's, um, that's exactly something that I, you know, worry about. I have two kids. I have a six year old daughter, um, and a 13 year old son, but, um, you know, my son, he he talks about, like, I, I just allowed him to have any kind of social media this year, um, but, you know, he talks about how on Instagram, he has, like, a certain number of followers, um, and his uncle, my brother, who is a musician, has more followers than he does, which I'm like, well, first of all, your uncle is 12 years older than I am, so he's in his 40s and has had much longer to develop those relationships and followers than you have. But second of all, that's not like, I, I just, I feel like social media is important for connection and, and will be for connection for, especially for their generation because it's just, I mean, the way that technology has developed, it's just going in that direction and I don't think there's anything that we can do to stop it. So I think the best thing to do would be to accept it and figure out how best to navigate it. But, um, you know, I think it's important for connection, but I do wish there was a way to circumvent or, or just make it more pronounced within social media, even use social media to be like, Hey, your self-worth does not equal the amount of followers or likes or whatever. Like, I think that that message needs to be drilled all throughout social media I 100% agree. And that, that I think is the biggest thing um, that
1: I believe out of this whole podcast you're doing today, if anybody can take something away from this, is that what you just said there is that our self-worth is not down to how many likes we get, how many followers we get, mm-hmm. and how much money we have. Right. You know, that's the thing because there How are still a lot of people that have got money that are unhappy mm. and it, our self worth. And this is one of the things that I was talking with the lady uh, just recently about is um, on educating our kids. I think, I certainly believe in the US, the same as over here, the education system is antiquated, mm-hmm. it's certainly Victorian over here. Uh, you know, they're still teaching in schools what happened in ten sixty six. You know, when William the yeah. Conqueror came over, and that sort of stuff. yeah, fantastic. You know, if you mm-hmm. want to learn that sort of stuff, fine. That can be an added curriculum. But right. I think it's more important to teach kids what you've just said because that when kids are going out now, that we we have to accept that social media is here, right. but we're not teaching kids the important things, which exactly. is how. To deal with that social media, how to deal with their self-esteem, how to have personal development and responsibility, so that they aren't looking at situations and thinking, "Oh, I only got ten likes," or somebody was bullying me online, mm-hmm. and that could affect the rest of their lives. I think that that sort of thing is far more important than um you know certain things in history.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I couldn't agree more, and 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 how to move forward because while you know learning from our history of course is important so that we don't repeat it it's also important to plan for the future and figure out how to navigate the future
1: you know. I totally agree Uh, yes there's parts of history that are uh, very much you know needed that we need to prevent happening again I agree Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just thinking more in line with our kids are so it's so important that they're brought up to actually appreciate other people now you're talking about connecting i don't i honestly don't believe that people connect they go on uh, facebook and these other forms of media to to connect because that's what humans do they 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 want to uh, mix with other people as part of what a human does Right, but like, but like LinkedIn says, "Oh, connect with me." You know, you're not connecting. All you're doing is clicking a button, right? And you have an association with that person because mm-hmm. they've allowed you into their sphere. That's not connecting. Mm-hmm. Connecting. Uh, I, I've done a, a talk on it. It's basically about you know that everyone's communicating in this day and age, but very few really are connecting. And mm-hmm. it goes through what is connecting. And connecting is is getting people to communicate at a deeper level, which brings in empathy, their emotions, so that we understand other people's needs and requirements, which that, that's very rarely happening on social media. Social media is used as a platform these days to promote what I can sell and all this sort of stuff. And even mm-hmm. a lot of the groups people join because they want to feel accepted, but I see an awful lot of um, anti-social media on social media rather mm-hmm. than helping people. So that's just my little soapbox about it. But it, It's certainly something that I, I think affects people that they um, the psychology going back to what the, the podcast is about is right. behind success and failure because kids are actually starting to believe their failures because they don't have these likes or oh, mm-hmm. successful. I've just got, I've got 450,000 followers and that's why you've got people going out and buying these followers on Instagram and stuff.
0: Right. Well, and that's, and another, I, I really think, I think video going forward for social media is going to become more important because I think that, um, I think that you can connect, actually connect more through video and like actually seeing a person and hearing them and engaging in a conversation over like a a Facebook live type thing. Um, you know, you can actually have conversations that way. And I think that that's one of the best ways that going forward with the way technology is and things like that, we, we can connect is to have conversations, which, you know, is why I started the podcast to begin with, because I believe that. I think,
1: I think you're absolutely right. And yeah. For me, I know there's a lot of people that are and have been making money mm-hmm. online, you know, having, uh, huge courses and huge followers. Look, I've got 2 million followers and I won't name certain names some of these big so-called self-proclaimed gurus. Right. But at the end of the day, going back to the connection thing, for me personally, I, when I actually speak at places, that's where I have more effect mm-hmm. and impact with people because they see you right. as a human and they can actually, there is that connection. Yeah, when they hear you speak, you're bringing in the emotions, and you're talking to people about the challenges and this sort of stuff. And then they, the important thing is you can, uh, they can ask you questions, and that there is that interaction because then mm-hmm. when they start asking intellectual questions, you're not just saying, "Oh, was it difficult?" You know, and then you're bringing other parts into a situation it's so important i agree with you rather than me just i'll I'll just stick adverts out on social media and go and look at my web page precisely
0: yeah no i couldn't agree more
1: i I think video is going to be even more important as you say going forward even though it's it's important now i just think it's i agree with it's going to be even more so
0: yeah and i hope it does because i mean like i said i really think that we can we can all connect better that way anyway um you know if they can figure out a way to connect multiple people to video easily, that would be, you know, really great too. So, which I think that they're, you know, moving in that direction. There's webinars and, and online, um, sort of like speaking events and things like that, that, you know, you can always go to, which I, I love, but, um, I also love podcasts because <laughs> I'm a little bit of a multitasker and, uh, I like to listen and learn while I do other things. So, um, cause you know,
1: which is, which is whatever makes you happy. That's the thing as opposed yes. to, I've got to I've got to do this um, because of that. I've tried some of that stuff. And to be honest with you, I I feel like, uh, oh, I don't know. I'm jumping out of the window sometimes when they're trying to mess with some of the technology. Not that I don't <laughs> like technology. I just think because I just don't have any feeling there.
0: Yeah. No. No, and I understand.
1: Why am I, why am I spending my time? Mm-hmm doing things where if there's no feeling because feelings is the important thing. If it doesn't make you feel good, why right. do it? You're wasting your, your, you're spending your life doing something you, in time that you're not enjoying. I just read a mm-hmm. book recently, well, I've read lots of books, but this particular one said, just write down things that you makes you feel like a nine or a 10, preferably just the 10s. Right. And then go and do those 10s. Right Forget things that are one, two, three, or up to seven or eight. Forget them, and it's yeah. and, and 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 the, and the big that thing is, about it is that somebody's going to turn around and say, "Well, you can't just do that." And think, "Okay, of course you can't because you've just told yourself you can't." Exactly. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: you know. Yeah, and, and, and <laughs> it's that's what we're talking about the psychology is how we've been conditioned to do that. Absolutely. Okay. Well, I. I, my job's only a five. Get another job. hmm Yep. Go look. Well, oh, I can't. I've always you know, there you go. It's that sort of language. I can't, I've always
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and that's the the conditioning part because I mean yep. I know, you know, growing up I was I was conditioned to believe that you you go to school through like out your childhood and then you go to college and then you get a job and then you get married and then you have kids. And that's life. Yeah. And that's how it works. Oh, and then you retire like 40 years later. And that's- yeah. and everything's all happy. But I, yes. was, also,
1: but I was also taught that uh, there, was a big, there was a big fella that came around in December in a big red suit and white beard. Right. <laughs> and then somebody told me he wasn't real. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So guess, guess what you've been believing for so many years? Mm-hmm. Question everything. Question everything. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Love it.
0: So um, so, do you have, like, a degree in psychology? Is that how you – or do you just, like, gather information and completely understand what's actually going on?
1: No, as I said a moment ago, Kat, that I, I, I'm self-taught, but I, I don't just sit and read a book and think, you know, I'm a psychologist. Because I of my experiences with my mother, um, you know, 40 mm. years seeing somebody – behave act in different ways you see the psychology and the psychiatrical side behind it so and plus the environment that I used to work in uh, negotiating the contracts and stuff I've got a pretty good experience to read people's body language um, even on the phone when somebody speaks a certain way acts a certain way right this sort of thing that you you can spot what people are meaning and what they're not meaning and doing. And so then when I came around and I've learned from some uh, immensely successful people that have been through challenges themselves, I mean, I'm just a student of psychology and how we can actually improve ourselves.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: to be honest with you, one of my mentors who's an American guy, um, he he was classified as basically an imbecile because he was a high school dropout. But he uh, is one, one hugely successful um, businessman, but also uh, mentor to entrepreneurs. And he, he doesn't have a degree in everything else. But what he teaches is how to have an incredibly powerful mindset and how we can work with our minds rather than against it. So I, I'm not saying that people shouldn't go to college and all these things far from it. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that you have to have uh, that. If I was treating people for psycholo- psychological problems, then yes. But I'm not. I'm using the psychology for me. But also right. with clients that come to me with challenges, whether it's, say, a businessman, he's got challenges in his business about, oh, that he believes he can't get further up the ladder or a professional golfer that I've worked with, they are challenges with inside their own head and they're not life threatening. They're just more a case of how do they succeed in their businesses? And so we find ways to rewire those things. Right. So
0: And give you another perspective. No. Yeah. I completely understand. Um, I mean, just how I think intuition, you know, can play a big part and I don't think enough people listen to their intuition enough. Um, but if you if you can can pay attention to your intuition and and hone that as a skill, then and, and which is, you know, pretty much what I think what you're doing there, especially, you know, being able to read people and and things like that. Um, that's fantastic.
1: Yeah, intuition plays a, a huge part. And mm-hmm. I agree with you. A lot of people don't trust their gut. And mm-hmm. for example, they'll say something along the lines of, Oh, I knew I shouldn't have done that. Well, why didn't you go with your first feeling then? Exactly. Just, just commit to it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then, it's like anything, test it out. See what's going to happen. If you keep going with your gut, then you're going to be more in tune with it. Right. I think it. I think it is important. But the biggest thing is, is the questions we ask. Questions we ask of ourselves, but also how you frame the question of somebody else. Because mm-hmm. the idea is that I, I teach and train, but I also coach and there's a huge difference. Most people think of coaches, oh, you know, a golf coach, you know, that's telling somebody that that's Mm -hmm. not what it's about. Uh, That's teaching and training somebody how to do something. But uh, coaching is getting people to look inside and find out where the success is because we, we have everything that we need inside us. We just have to pick away and find it. And that's what coaching is about is, You know, if somebody has a stumbling block, that a belief that they don't believe they're good enough or they're frightened of something or with this fear, where does it come from? And Mm -hmm. it's only by asking powerful questions and open-ended questions that these people can start thinking, whoa, hang on a second, you know, and then challenging their own beliefs and actions. And when they start doing those things, they can find out what's holding them back and how they can actually move forward rather than, you know, being told,
0: teaching people how to think rather than what to think. Right. Well, and, and support in doing that, because, you know, I think we go through our whole lives having all this support to live life a certain way and nobody really ever tells us that you can live it a different way and still be happy. Um, you know, and, but having support is. Uh, so- oh,
1: huge, hugely powerful. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. One of the big things is that I, I think, the huge thing is that so many people don't believe in themselves. Mm. And the thing is that that is really powerful. But what I found is even more powerful is when we've got somebody that believes in us or we believe in somebody else. Right. When you see somebody that hasn't had anybody believe in them, you know, especially you know, kids that have grown up and had nobody there for them to help them believe or been there to support them, as you were saying, then all of a sudden they come across somebody that sees the potential, a little spark of life. And if they can actually ignite that spark in that person, and when that person, you know, gets the feeling that somebody does believe in them, that's when you see, that's when you see real magic happening in people. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it's your own kids or other people, uh, that's just part of that thing I was talking about at the beginning of just Something inside us all that, as people, we always want to see other people do well, and it's that giving. When you give a present, you feel better than actually receiving a present. It's the same thing when you see somebody do well.
0: Yeah, exactly. When they light up like that, yep, I can yeah, agree. yeah, yeah.
1: It's, it, it, it's it's difficult to describe. Uh, I think you have to feel it rather than uh, just describe it or read about it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I nothing, like, nothing like feelings and emotion
0: nothing like what
1: feelings and emotions oh yeah grip on things
0: yeah for sure i completely agree well um this is great thank you so much for meeting with me i think we've definitely gotten some little helpful tidbits i love your advice um about you know doing doing just tens and nines that make you happy i think that's actually really great advice i never thought of it that way um but that's
1: We may think it's difficult. And the thing is, when you start doing that, just listen to what's in your mind. Mm-hmm. When you say, okay, right, today I'm only going to do tens. When you then go and start doing something, oh, oh, I've got to do tens. Listen to the voice that turns around and says, well, you've got to get this done. And then you find yourself, hang on a second, do I have to? And that's becoming aware of what's happening in your own mind. and the programs that we're running all the time just repeating the same things if you're mm-hmm. always doing things that are threes and fours why you wonder why you're not enjoying yourself and getting right. more out of life. yeah but we've got to be aware of it
0: yeah or even just like if you have to if you actually find that you do have to do something that's definitely not a 10 like i hate laundry but i have to do it then you know is there something that you can do to make it at least Closer to a tent.
1: Okay, let me, let me let me let me help you with that one. Just briefly. Sure. So yeah.
0: Gonna,
1: so you're gonna you're gonna do the laundry. Uh-huh. So you want to piss and moan that you've got to do laundry. Right. Okay. Would you be pissing and moaning more that you don't have any clothes and you're gonna go around freezing? Mm. Or are you gonna look at it and think, do you know what? I'm really happy. I've got a shirt to put on because it's 32 degrees outside.
0: Right. <laughs> A long sleeve shirt and a hoodie and a coat. Yes. Well,
1: yeah, but exactly. I don't know if you know of Doctor Wayne Dyer, who's no longer with us. He he said something which is very profound, uh, which is when you change the way you look at something, the thing that you look at changes, and that's exactly the thing we're talking about here. If you mm-hmm. reframe that situation about oh I don't like doing the ironing, okay, you've got an iron. Be thankful you've got an iron. Be thankful right. you've got clothes. You start changing the way you look at it. You
0: actually start changing the way you feel. Yeah, um, there's a lot of people nowadays who are who, who in the circles that I run in, are are talking about gratitude and always being grateful. um, You know, and how, oftentimes, being grateful or having gratitude for something is what sparks or ignites, um, you know, just a lot of positivity, somehow. And I never really. Like I, I, I heard them and I understand that, yes, there is some truth to that. But what you just said is, is, a, is just such a good example of what they're talking about. And now I completely understand what, they, what they're talking about. And you're absolutely right.
1: Before we go, Kat, yeah. think about it this way. Do, does anybody really want to go through their life pissing and moaning all the time? Mm-hmm. To me, the answer is No. no. Right. So when we become more self-aware, when we look at why or when we're actually moaning more than we're, than we're actually being happy, why is that? When you can actually start implanting different things and spending more time focusing on the things to be happy for,
0: mm-hmm.
1: then we can actually spend more time being grateful. And guess what? You're going to be happier about things rather than spending time focusing on the negative things. Right. The more time you spend in a negative thought and environment, you're going to be focused on that. And yeah. you're going to forget to think about the good things. And it's just the way we we, we condition ourselves. Spend time focusing on the good stuff. Right. Well and that you might, you might think there's nothing to be happy about. Um, but there will always be something to be happy about
0: yeah yeah definitely i uh I normally consider myself a pretty positive person <laughs> um i don't you know i don't um i very much dislike when people complain a lot um so i don't you know usually complain um but i think i you, you've kind of brought some light to to something that I do instead is i just don't do the thing that I would complain about instead of complaining. Does that make sense? Like
1: it, it, it does. And, you know, roses don't grow in toxic soil.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah. So like laundry, oftentimes, because I don't like it, I just won't do it. But the problem, I mean, of course, that leads to other problems later, but I don't complain about those problems. I just complain about doing the laundry. So, from I, now, I, I, I Maybe I shouldn't tell
1: you this, but I, I quite enjoy it because mm-hmm. when I have to iron shirts that... It gives me time, you know, an hour where I can actually spend ironing the shirt, doing what I just said to you, being grateful. Hey, I've got clothes I can actually iron. Mm. And I put headphones on and listen to music, doing Mm -hmm. it for an hour that makes me feel good rather than, you know, focusing on, oh, God, oh I could be doing something else. Well, yeah, you could be doing a lot of things. But as I said, it's just your perception. Change the way you look at it.
0: Right. Yeah. And that's, that's, that goes back to also what we were saying in the beginning too, for me anyway, because I think that, um, you know, we're, we're conditioned to believe that we have to be busy doing something that's productive all the time, you know, and I very much was. And I don't view laundry as productive basically um, or, or as worth my time. But I mean, you're absolutely right. If you spend that time being grateful for having everything that you have that you're able to do, that you have, you know, headphones and a phone that you can easily access your music that you listen to. And that's, it's, it's, it's almost kind of, I, I would equate it to, I do not meditate, but I would equate that to meditating in my mind.
1: Well, it, it's a, it's a form of escapism. Absolutely.
0: Right. Um, Which... Tell me, um,
1: I've lived in the States and mm-hmm. I imagine, do, do you have a laundry room? Yeah. You have a laundry room. Um, mm. Laundry rooms are very, very few and far between in the UK. Mm. Yeah. That? We, don't have, we don't have the space on average that you have over there. And a laundry room is considered a luxury. Mm. I mean, a, a real luxury. Right. So it's, only, it's different levels. So you're, you're accepting something that most people have in the US, whereas most people don't have here if you take it another grade down, a lot of people, if you go further east, in the Middle East, uh, you know, uh, in some countries in India, Pakistan, some of those people won't actually have toilets inside the house. So Africa. what level of gratitude do you want to go to? That, you know, there are people that are starving and everything else. So, you know, mm-hmm. you can take it to the nth degree that we, we live a quite a, uh, well, I would say, quite a luxurious life compared to a lot of people. Yeah. But at what level do we take everything for granted and we start, you know, forget about the good stuff and we, you know, as I say, piss and moan about everything. Right. Where's your, where's your
0: focus? Mm-hmm. Yep. That's exactly right. So what, um, now I'm curious though, what do you do? How do you do your laundry if you don't have a laundry room? What do you, do you take it somewhere to do laundry?
1: Or do you- um, a lot, a lot of the, a lot of the places you have uh, the washing machines and dryers built into the kitchen. Mm-hmm. So, for example, you'll have an oven, and next to it, you'll have, or the sink, you'll have, uh, for the plumbing, you'll have the uh, washing machine and the dryer uh, underneath the the worktop in the kitchen.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, and again, the average kitchen over here is not that big. Yeah, so a lot of people don't always have a dryer inside either. They, uh, right. they put the washing out on a clothesline outside. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It, when we were... a, you can check all this stuff out. And you just go on to uh, uh, the web, the interweb, and have a look at different things, and you'll see about the average houses in the UK and everything. That will give you an idea.
0: Right. Well, <laughs> when we were stationed in South Korea, um, we are... Our, 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 washer and dryer that we had, um, and we lived on base, but um, our washer and dryer that we had was in the kitchen. Um, and I despised that.
1: <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. So you, you, you're yeah. used to having probably a, the laundry room and everything else.
0: Yeah. Um, I. Um, well, and so my husband even, he actually, when he was growing up, they didn't have indoor plumbing because he lived in such a rural um, area at the time that they hadn't, they just didn't have indoor plumbing yet. And and I personally have never in my life I was very I know I'm very fortunate, um, but I was very fortunate. I've never lived in a place that did not have indoor plumbing at all. I've lived in a hotel at one point in time when I was younger, but it still had indoor plumbing. So (laughs) uh, yeah, well,
1: that's just what you what you get used to and the 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 luxuries and stuff. But it Mm. just goes back to the other thing, which is you know being being grateful for uh, what you have, but uh, you said you don't meditate. That's, it's a good way to, uh, to, to chill out and uh, quiet the mind.
0: You know, I have been, I would like to meditate because I believe it would do me a lot of good. I just, I cannot wrap my head around how or why um, or what to do really. And that probably has more to do with the fact that I think that there is something to do rather than just, No, that's the whole point. You don't do anything. Right. (laughs) Which i that's that's the whole idea. I
1: I was the same when I first started. I was going, I can't get this. It was like trying to uh, juggle four uh, computers at one go. And it was just like my mind said no. And that was the whole point. My mind was too busy. Mm -hmm. And all we need to do is just, we need to just try it out for two or three minutes to start with. It's just... Listen to something. It could be ocean waves. It could be birds chirping for two minutes. Mm-hmm. And just sit still and just see what happens and just b- listen to, there's plenty of online meditations. You don't have to be a Buddhist monk for four hours a day to start with. Right. You know?
0: so
1: <laughs> yeah. two, or, two or three minutes is enough because then that's just going to help you just chill out a little bit and just mm-hmm. think, wow, that sounded good. Mm-hmm. I imagine you've been on a beach somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you're out on a beach, you think, oh, do you know what? I'm just going to lay here and just listen to the seagulls or the sound of the sea. That's meditation. Right. Okay. And all you're doing is replicating that in your earphones, in your bedroom at some point, just to chill out. And if you get thoughts coming by, just watch the thoughts. Just think where did they come from? Mm. Just don't do anything. Just don't react to them and see how much calmer you get. And how much more relaxed you get. It's, it's, Difficult to describe all the benefits, but you'll be amazed if you start going to your, your doctor and stuff and they start taking your blood pressure and they start taking your pulse and they'll go, well, hang on a second, your your pulse is pretty uh, good. What's happening? Your blood pressure's down.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Well, I will definitely attempt to not do anything more often then. <laughs> <laughs> I am not I have it is not a skill I have mastered yet but I will attempt
1: <laughs> that's what, That's all you can do
0: right exactly
1: but. that's what you can do
0: well and I appreciate
1: you inviting me on Kat very much so and oh, absolutely uh, thank
0: you for meeting with me James I really appreciate it and if you no, have, no do you have any websites or or anything going on that you'd like to share as well
1: yeah just uh my um, I don't do podcasts and this sort of stuff. It's just because I, I go out and speak and everything else. It's just a, an added thing for me to uh, get too many things going on at this. But I may well do one in the future, but um, at the moment I don't. I just go out and speak and I do uh, my own personal trains with people. Mm-hmm. My website is my name, which is uh, James and then Bargeron, dot com. Perfect. which' has got my details on it and everything just about who I am and uh, you, anybody listening to this today will find out more about me through this than they will on my website it's just got my contact details if anybody wants to connect with me or find out anything more
0: right well yeah if they're interested in in your high performance coaching they would they can get a hold of you that way that's great
1: absolutely but thank you very much and I hope people get something of value out of this that uh, uh, which is the, the main name because I I really wish I'd have had all this stuff available at, um, you know, to me when I was in my twenties and stuff and podcasts, I think Mm -hmm. people now are so fortunate to be able to tap into these things. So uh, we appreciate what you're doing.
0: Absolutely. Thank you, James. I appreciate
1: that. All right. Lovely. Well, thank you very much. Good speaking to you, Kat. And let me know if I can help out in the future.
0: All right. We'll do. Thank you so much. You have a wonderful day.
1: And you take care everyone.
0: Bye. 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 If you like what you hear, please leave a review on whatever platform you are listening to this right now. It will help me know that I am helping and need to keep going. Please also follow along on social media. You'll find us on Twitter and Instagram at the teachable soul or Facebook and LinkedIn. You can just search the teachable soul. If you'd like to be a guest on our show and share your own teachable moment, feel free to go to the website to schedule a time that works for you. Or you can also email me at the teachable soul at gmail.com. Thanks.